Welcome back to Aseret, the Big Ten, the core values of Judaism based on the Ten Commandments. And we are up to Lo Sisa Hashem Hashem Lashav, do not take the name of God in vain. The dictionary definition of name, the word name, is a word by which someone or something is known. Our names stand for the impression others have of us. God's name is no different. It stands for how God is perceived in this world. The classical commentators, commentators explain that taking God's name in vain means using God's name in an oath falsely. Do not take means do not swear in God's name in vain falsely. The idea of taking an oath in the name of God is universal. And in fact, sometimes the Torah even requires someone to take an oath. An oath is a way of affirming the veracity of the past or to commit oneself to the future. And it is done in God's name because God's name represents the truth. A false oath in God's name is such a severe severe infringement that it is not possible to be fully absolved. And that's the end of the commandment that it says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The Lord will not absolve someone who takes his name in vain. And the Svorno, the Middle Age commentator, explains that people swear in God's name to affirm what they are saying because an oath in God's name equates the truth of what you are saying with the truth of God. So just like God is true, so to what I am saying is true. A false oath, in God's name is therefore a desecration, desecration of God's name, as if one is saying, well, what God is like what I'm saying. I'm saying falsehood, so to God is false. And um, this is what it says in Pasha's Kadoshim in Leviticus 19.12, Do not swear my name falsely, and thereby desecrate my name. And the word desecrate obviously comes from the word desecrate, sacred. sacred. It's divest of sacred character, meaning one is reducing the, the, the true meaning and the honor of God's name into something obviously desecrate and false. Um, on the flip side, we do find that there is a special mitzvah when someone is swearing the truth to swear in the name of God. It, the Rambam Maimonides writes, it is a mitzvah to swear in God's name when we need to verify or deny something. In this way we bring greatness, honor and elevation to his name because we are really expressing the idea that God's name is that which, um, which, which stands for truth and goodness. Um, let's try get into the underlying meaning over here, the yesoid. Um, the problem with swearing falsely is that it creates a false and corrupted impression about God. And obviously, even though in the Peshat, the literal meaning, it's limited to the realm of oaths, but as an underlying you saw it as an underlying foundation, it extends to everything else as well, including our actions. And um, sometimes 
the way a person acts can diminish their perception of the perception of God or His law. And this is called a chilul Hashem, a desecration. The word in Hebrew, desecrate, is chilul. Chilul Hashem, a desecration of God's name. And um, that's what it says. Right? Do not desecrate my holy name, that I may be sanctified in the midst of the Jewish people, the Israelite people. I am the Lord. I, the Lord, sanctify you. And that really reveals the, the the dynamic over here. We are dealing with the name of God is called Kadosh, holy, sacred. God has a holy name. And everything associated to God's name is also holy. And to diminish that, to 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 not respect that, to do something which which brings that down into the mundane is a desecration. And um, we find in the Talmud that great rabbis would were very sensitive to this. And, you know, the great rabbi Rav, he says, you know what's an example of a desecration of God's name? For example, me. Because remember, he, we're talking about the head of the academy, one of the greatest rabbis of the generation, and he says, if I buy on credit. Because... Is is he going to pay? Does it leave some room? There's some... He left room for his actions which should imperson, impersonate, should, should capture the essence and, and the, the, the higher realms, the higher levels of living a, in a, a life of holiness. He shouldn't leave. He understood, he was so sensitive to this that he wouldn't even leave the smallest suspicion in, in his actions. A buyer, a similar status rabbi, says that, um, you know, in our generation, maybe, uh, a buyer says, you know, if that's the way to do it, then no one would ever suspect, of course, but uh, um, we're talking about in a place where it's not the regular. So, um, it's interesting. Ezekiel the prophet, Yechezkel the prophet says, and you know, when we, the Jewish people who are the chosen people, right? The, the, the name of God is called upon the Jewish people. And that means that we, we carry that name of God. That, that means that the Jewish people are the, the, the national representation of God in this world. And the the prophet laments and he says, you know, because of your actions, God's going to send you out of the land of Israel and he will redeem you, not for your sake, but for his holy name, for which you have desecrated amongst the nations. And what's the desecration? Is because the fact that you weren't able to stay in the land, the rest of the world will look and they'll say, these people of the Lord, these are the people of the Lord, yet they have left his land. Meaning to say that God was not able to save them. And um, when, when, um, when it's, it's, it's delicate, it becomes a very delicate um, endeavor. The higher a person gets, the more holy he gets, 
he or she gets, and and the more they are become obligated to keep that level and not to desecrate the perception that they are they are giving off. You know that uh, Moses and Aaron, Moshe and Aaron, are at the end of forty years in the desert, and the Miriam died, and the the well dried up, and they needed water, and they were told to go and speak to the rock, and Moses hits the rock, and God says to him many times, you know, Moses, you you can't come into the land. This this disqualifies you. Why? Because lo hermantim bi viktasheni you didn't have enough faith in me to sanctify me in the eyes of the Jewish people. And that means that the sanctification would have come through Moses speaking to the rock and seeing that mere words, if they are said in, 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 um, in, by someone who's fully aligned with God, who's fully in touch with God, can have that effect of bringing water out of a rock. And because that was reduced, because that opportunity existed, and Moses was not able to bring the people to that level of understanding, knowledge, holiness, sacredness, he is not allowed into the land. So, do not take the law, the name of of uh, of God, of the Lord, in vain is really telling us this core value that God's name is in this world. And wherever it is clearly expressed, be it through His name, printed name, be it through His name that is written down. And that, that is why we are so careful with the, the Torah, with holy books, with prayer books, with the mezuzah, with the fill-in, anywhere where God's name is written, we we give it we give it a lot of respect. We take care of it. We 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 try very hard. Not we are prohibited from diminishing it, and that, that's where we get this idea of geniza. That even when it becomes obsolete from use, we can't just trash it. We have to um, put it in a place where it's guarded away from regular trash and it would uh, decompose naturally it would definitely not get desecrated in fact a lot of the time it's even those are shameless we call them shameless shameless comes from the word names the names of god we bury them just like a person and that brings us to what we mentioned before that really people the jewish people people who are sacred people who are holy carry the name of god and that, there's a um, beautiful, beautiful um, piece by Rabbi Hirsch. Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch writes the following in his uh, magnum opus, Chorev. And he, he writes, he actually is writing it on the, on the, on the first commandment, I am the Lord your God. But he, he says the following, He is the God of Israel, the sacred name of God, which you bear should call you to everything that is beautiful and good, to truth, to justice, and to love. The prohibition of Chilil Hashem, desecrating God's name, shall accompany us and remind us to revere the holy name which we bear. And that's really what 
we, we speak about being a, a light unto the nations. That's what Isaiah the prophet says, I, the Lord, in my grace have summoned you. I've grasped you by the hand. I shall protect you and help you to turn the people back to the covenant, covenant to be a light to the nations, opening eyes deprived of light, rescuing prisoners from confinement. From the dungeon, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, and that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another people, nor my renown to idols. And that really takes us to the mission of the Jewish people. The mission of the Jewish people in this world is to sanctify God's name. To know, to acknowledge, to deeply align ourselves with the fact that the name of God is called upon us. From the times of Abraham, through the exodus, through the, the slavery of Egypt, and then the exodus of, of, of Egypt, and then finally coming to Sinai, and hearing God speak to us as a nation, and appointing us, His emissaries, His agents, His shlichim, as we say in Hebrew, and saying, Jewish people, listen to me. I am the Lord your God, and you are my people. Do not desecrate my name. Do not take the name of the Lord in vain. I want you to know this covenant we have, that we are in merged identities. You represent me, and I represent you. And together we will go and we will perfect this world. I am sending you. You are my agent. Your task is to bring that truth, that goodness, that justice, that kindness that I am stand for into this world. And in that way, you will fulfill your mission and my mission and bring this world to its perfection. And as we step back a little bit and look at these Ten Commandments and realize that they really do encompass what it means. I am the Lord your God, a call to kindness. Wherever we are, we are looking to better this world how can we ha how can we help those in need especially the downtrodden to not have any other gods besides me is this recognition that we will not find fulfillment anywhere else we cannot break with this covenant and find fulfillment but it is with god and it's with this acknowledgement of him being the authority of all things there's no truth like His truth. There's no kindness like His kindness. There's no justice like His justice. And our commitment and our attachment to that will bring us to the one, this Deber, I am the Lord, do not take the name of the Lord in vain, that we are always sensitive, not to diminish, but rather to sanctify, to keep sacred, to elevate ourselves and the world around us in a way that the name of God is revealed for what it truly is. 
and we go out into this world and we, we try and we get involved in it. And then every Shabbat, the fourth Tiber, we step backwards and take a break. And consider once again, what have we done? Where have we come? Where, have we, where are we coming from? What is our mission? Let us remember what is really important to us. Who are the people most closest to us that we need to reconnect with, to reform our covenants? And that leads us to recognizing our parents, the ones that brought us into the covenants, the ones that worked with God to create us and to, to be sensitive to the kindness and how much they took care of us and how relationships start to develop in this sacred space and how much we should respect our parents as those who came before us and all the links in the covenant going all the way back to Sinai. And then we turn to all people. We do not murder. We nurture life. We realize the value of a human life and we are careful with it and we nurture it and we are healthy and we are secure and we are emotionally healthy and secure and we are intellectually challenged and alive and we are spiritually connected and then we move on to our relationships with all sorts of people and especially our spouses where there is a covenant amongst us and we honor that and we protect that and we become loyal people people faithful to our commitments and promises we go un into the chuppah and we make this declaration of commitment that I'm committed to you and you're committed to me and that we keep and all relationships have that their commitments, their promises and we live with those and we as faithful loyal people people of emunah we live and create sacred and uplifted relationships and then we turn to the entire world and we recognize that a human is endowed with special powers, special abilities, one of them being the ability to possess. And we honor that. Do not steal. I honor you as a fellow human being endowed by God to possess. And what is yours is yours. And you have the rights over it be it your property, be it your das, be it your knowledge, be it your, your goodwill, and be it your body. And then we think about the greater society and how the system of justice works and the truth we should speak in a court. And do not be a false witness. And not only in the court, of law, but in all the courts of life where truth might take on a deeper meaning of fulfilling that which supports, which promotes, which honors life. And therefore, we are careful not to speak gossip and we are very careful to only speak the truth if it is negative if it is for real purpose.
positive consequence. And then this core value of do not covet, which we discussed was the general principle of the entire Ten Commandments and, now the general, and therefore the general principle of the entire Torah where we go within with all that remind ourselves that we are individuals each one of us being an individual love your neighbor like yourself just like it's almost a paradox but it's so true just like you are an individual and you have your life to deal with of your opportunities to bring all these values into the world from the time we wake up in the morning to the time we go to sleep at night. These powers, we are empowered to bring these values into this world, to be people of value, to add value to this world. And just like I have my mission, my personal individual opportunity which is different to anyone that ever came before me will be different to anyone that ever comes again. Only I in my one-time existence can really fulfill that mission and to realize this is my lot in life and to embrace that and realize these are my opportunities and bring that value into this world so too every person living has their individual unique mission to do the same in their world to bring these values into their world and as I recognize that you are like me an individual there's no competition there's harmony we can do this together and bring the entire world into a oneness, into a completeness, into a perfected world. And I can love you for that because you are no longer a threat, but you are a fellow, a fellow striver. You are a fellow empowered being to make this world a better place, to bring all these values into this world and then to see what is revealed. And together God will come with us. We will reveal what's called an Eilam Mushlam, a perfected world where we, we, where we will sta stand astounded what was inside of us, what we were able to create and the goodness and the greatness that God has provided us.